Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Monday. Another week on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Happy to have you along joining us. Luke Johnson flying solo today, host wise. I'm in the Southern Bancor Studios in downtown Laurel. Michael Mergens producing for us at the Southern Bancor Studio in Hattiesburg. Bob will be back on Wednesday. Kelly out uh, the first part of this week. I got some uh, Juco baseball going on, but happy to have you along with us wherever you are. If you're live with us now or listening to this later, we greatly appreciate you joining us. Got a great week for you. It's, it's almost like head coach's week. We'll talk to uh, to Scott Berry here in just a moment as he joins us every uh, every Monday. Jay Ladner on the show tomorrow. Brand new volleyball coach Jenny Hazelwood will join us Wednesday. Also working on uh, getting someone from uh, Middle Tennessee to talk about the upcoming series as we'll talk to coach barry here in just a moment about that so it'll be a great week on the eagle hour lots to talk about our first segment brought to you every day by dickie's barbecue located in a community near you here in laurel i go to the one on 16th avenue but our home team down in hattiesburg right outside of uh, turtle creek mall justin and his great staff it's uh it's school's out weather now and you may be having some pool parties or as we get ready for uh, some postseason baseball dickie's barbecue there to cater for you and as always you can just go see them inside and get some of that free soft serve ice cream dickie's barbecue cooked here loved everywhere all right avid outdoorsman world uh renowned turkey hunter he also has a side job it's uh the southern miss head baseball coach and coach i say that we were on remote last week uh, at southern Bancor, and and uh, you got to, to having some hunting conversations with some of our fans that were that were standing outside the remote yeah, they were showing me some pictures of this past season, uh, from ducks to deer to, to turkeys, so it was kind of getting me excited a little bit at, before we went on the air. So let's talk about uh, your side gig. Let's talk about Southern Miss baseball. Eagles get back in the winning ways, uh, win a series this weekend, go two for two uh, for the week, and, and let's just kind of walk back through the week. First and foremost, can you just talk about uh, the atmosphere Wednesday night uh, for the Ole Miss game? We break the all-time attendance record. I know it was electric. It really was. I mean, you know, of course, there was uh, no tickets to be found, and that started about three weeks prior to the game when we announced the sellout. But, you know, the new new attendance record at Pete Taylor Park is now 6,346. So credit to uh, to all of our fans and, and fan base, our, our baseball fans in, in the Pine Belt region, uh, our administration, ticket office, everybody marketing that put in the effort to uh, – to, to make that possible and to show up for that game that night. Unfortunately, we were on the losing side of it, uh, getting beat four to one by Ole Miss, and just you know just didn't do enough to uh, to to uh, to secure a win. In all honesty, we uh, bats weren't doing anything at all. We only had five hits that night. Really, never threatened. Uh, to be honest with you, um, Luke. So. Kind of a disappointing night, but Matt Adams, uh, you know, he he was a starter for us and and threw pretty good until uh, 
you know, um, their their guy, uh, Kevin Graham, who they've been missing in their lineup like we've been missing Rich Ewing, was back in their lineup, and certainly he showed his impact and, and what he can do with a, with a two-run homer to, to get them on the board first. And then, uh, of course, uh, Elko later, he had an RBI hit that, uh, that, that was able to play the run, and then Alderman, their DH, left the yard as well. I think it was right after Graham for that three-run inning. But outside of Sergeant Solo Homer, we really, really never threatened uh, too much on that evening. Yeah, I mean, it was almost like the uh, the Old Dominion game on Friday. I mean, uh, from two pitches, you know, it's a 1-1 game. Matt Adams just had, you know, two of those pitches, and that, that was really it. And when you look at, you know, Ole Miss went down to Baton Rouge and swept LSU this weekend. They're playing really, really good baseball um, right now. But as you said, I mean, Coach, you, you I think the, uh, the quote was, you know, we were swinging pillows, but you left 10 on base that night. We did. We did. But, you know, it was just – it was a quiet 10. I mean, I just – we just never did anything offensively that I felt like that we were hitting balls hard enough. Now, I will tell you, we did hit some balls on that right side that Elko, between Elko, Old Dominion's first baseman, and and um, uh, the, the first baseman this weekend for UTSA, they've taken away a lot of hits from us over there, a lot of balls that, that move that direction. But outside of that, we had a lot of fly ball, just routine fly ball outs that uh, – you know, just to enable us to, to put anything across. So you dropped four one to Ole Miss, bounce back, had to come back two days later, and and Friday night was almost like a roller coaster. You get the three run bomb from Peto, hadn't really done much up to that point, and then uh, and then they respond. I can't remember the last time, Coach, we got hit with a six spot, and uh, and then we score four over the last uh, what four innings uh, and get two in the bottom of the eighth. Had the opportunity in the eighth and the ninth, and just couldn't pull it out. Yeah, the eighth inning was the killer there. I mean, we had the tying run at third and the go-ahead run uh, at second base with one out, and we went back-to-back strikeouts to end that threat. And, uh, of course, we did get the tying run on at second base, but uh, with a leadoff double there in the top or bottom of the ninth, and uh, we weren't able to, to get him in there either. So, you know, a, a disappointing 8-7 to seven loss, but, you know, it did see that uh, reshewing back in the lineup in the three hole and with his presence. You know, I think he taught us something there, Luke. You, you look at what he did that night. Uh, you know, he, he had one at bat, official at bat. I think it was a ground out, but outside of that, he had four walks. And, and what he taught us was, is he hadn't seen a pitch in over three weeks. And he gets in there and he takes four walks, which basically he's, he's seeing pitches out of the zone and he's not swinging at them. You know, he's not getting himself out. And that's, what seems to have been a tendency here in these last 10 games that we've played that we have been really pressing, trying to, trying to make up for maybe his absence, whatever it is, but just getting ourselves out. And, uh, I thought that was, uh, the greatest lesson that we learned on Friday is his four walks and how he went about it. I want to come back to him as we uh, walk our way through the weekend, of course. And uh, man, he he was phenomenal for the whole weekend. Go back to that to that uh, ninth inning because it kind of resembled again the Saturday Old Dominion game. We Blake Johnson leads off with a double. We bunt there, but you know on, on Friday night we don't bunt. And and I understand different hitters are at the plate. Just kind of uh, the rationality there. Well, you know, Will has been swinging it pretty good. Is it, was that was that who? Who I can't even remember. Yeah, McGillis on, uh, was up. McGillis was up. Yeah. Uh, now that was in the that was in the eighth and the ninth inning, and the ninth inning I think is whenever we got the leadoff double, bottom of the ninth. 
and Carson Pato, I think, is the one that flared it down the left field line. Isn't that correct? They all kind of run together. In the bottom of the ninth, uh, they brought in Beard. Lynch doubled down the left field line. Then McGillis was up. And then Pato and Rodrigo flied out after McGillis struck out. Okay. Um, you know, I guess they all run together. I, I guarantee they, you. They do. They do. But, you know, McGillis <laughs> had been swinging it really well for us. And I felt like that he had a chance, especially with the way they were kind of pitching him. He's been doing well hitting the backside. So it's kind of one of those things move him over, get him in type situations. But in that situation, I think, uh, as you, as you alluded to, I don't think he struck out in that one. Because uh, I think that was in the eighth when he struck out, but uh, we missed on that opportunity, you know, and it's probably my fault not not bunning on that to to give ourselves a chance. I do remember Peto hitting the ball flying out to to center, and then Montenegro in him in the game on a fly out. Talk talk a little in the rest of of this segment. Uh, Landon Harper really really struggled that night. Um, Tanner got in some trouble early. You know, he was in the sixth and ninety. I think he's right at ninety five pitches. But but Landon really responded the rest of of the uh, the series. He just had a little trouble there. Uh, but but Gilly comes in and and Ramsey comes in and you know they give us a chance at the end. They really do. Uh, you know, and and Landon has been so good for us all year. You know, he showed that he's human that night and uh certainly uh got roughed up more than than we've ever seen him get roughed up this year but you know isaiah and and gilly and ramsey like you said they did a great job holding them there especially after that sixth spot there in the seventh we did give up one there in in the uh or in the sixth spot in the sixth we did give up one in the seventh but giving them such a chance to leave it at one run there in the eighth and ninth uh, for us to try to win that game. That was really, really crucial and a great job by their part. So Southern Miss uh, drops the 8-7 game, and uh, we're about to, to run up against a, a commercial break. So uh, we'll we'll take a commercial break here in just a second. Come back because, as Coach Barry alluded to, uh, Reese Ewing kind of showed the, the lineup on the the key uh, on Friday night is he got four walks. He would get two more on Saturday. And then, of course, yesterday we see that familiar sweet left-handed swing as he went uh, two for four um, yesterday. So the Golden Eagles, uh, as the weekend concludes, 38-14, and 20-7 and seven in Conference USA. We're going to step aside. Eagle Hour will continue on this Monday with Southern Miss baseball coach Scott Berry as we continue uh, to recap the weekend and look forward. Golden Eagles got an opportunity to clinch the regular season Conference USA crown. Stick with us on a Monday on the Eagle Hour right after this. To the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour continues on this Monday. Second segment brought to you by Campus Bookmark. They're on Hardy Street, right across from Southern Miss. They're always online, 24-7 at Campus Bookmark. 
Bookmarkpreps.net. Campus Bookmark, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Michael Mergens from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, Golden Eagles, win two out of three from UTSA and uh, go and uh, c- continue their two-game lead in in Conference USA, looking to uh, to possibly clinch the regular season crown up in Murfreesboro um, this week. We continue with Southern Miss head baseball coach Scott Barry. So, Coach, uh, we got a flush Friday pretty quick. Come back out Saturday, and you know, so possible thunderstorms in the broadcast or in the forecast. It, it cleared up. Eagles uh, jump out to a two nothing lead and did a lot better. And you were pretty aggressive. That's one of the things that that I was noticed. Eagles. Score uh, stole four bases on on a Saturday. Was that you know? Did you make a decision coming that game? We're going to be more aggressive uh, in hitting runs and 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 on the base paths. No, not necessarily. Uh, you know, I think it's what the opposition gives you. We noticed some things with, with within their pitchers that we felt like we could do, and also with their catchers. So that particular, they caught two different catchers on the weekend. Um, the same one caught Friday and yesterday, but. Saturday's catcher was was a little bit different with that, and uh, you know when when you can see kind of an opportunity, you you hope you seize it, and that's what we were able to do there on Saturday. So you get it started in the second. Blake Johnson singles up the middle and uh, scores Peto, and then uh, talk about Carson for a minute. He hit home run in, in all three games. Been struggling some. You tried to give him a little relief, put him back down in the order, take some pressure off, and and man, what a weekend for him. Well, yeah, you know, Carson uh, was always in that seven hole when our lineup was really going good, when Ewing and Wilkes were both healthy and in there. But then all of a sudden in their absence, and then, well, I moved him out of the, I'm sorry, in the eight hole, and I moved him out of the eight hole uh, when Gabe got hit in the face. And uh, so, you know, he was he was a leadoff hitter that I wanted. He was really swinging the bat well in the eight, he took pitches. Uh, so, you know, in the leadoff spot, he was. We were fourteen and zero at that time. Well, then we get the injury to Slade and Reese, and I have to juggle it around some more. Rodrigo, or I'm sorry, uh, Gabe gets healthy. So, you know, the logical thing would be to put Gabe back in the leadoff spot, and uh, you know, I tried Carson there in the three hole, which that's a lot of pressure to to hit in that three hole. You know, it's all about protection. People say, well, you need to take a different swing than you do in the eight hole. Well, it's all about protection. So, you know, the three hole was, was a different, different slot for him. Got pitched way different. Um, and then as he saw this weekend, we were able to get Reese back in the lineup. So I was able to, to maneuver everything back around like we had it prior to all these injuries and, and get Carson in the eight hole. And, and has, has, he's really performed well in that spot. You know, it seems like there's opportunities for runs to be driven in when it gets around to that eight hole uh, as as well. So he's he's a perfect match for that. Riggins threw a good game, then gave up the home run in the sixth. Uh, but man, your offense bailed him out. It was three to three in the top of the sixth. You score one in the sixth, and then put a four spot in the bottom of the seventh. Five runs over the last four innings. It's a good reaction uh, response from your club. Well, it was, you know, and of course, once again, we're, we just came off of a real tough loss on Friday night. Uh, the same old song, same old dance that we've been kind of seeing for the past, you know, nine games. And uh, for us to to really uh, come back after, you know, giving up a three-run lead, now all of a sudden it's tied 3-3 in the sixth, and to answer with that one in the, in, in the bottom half to take that lead and get that momentum back, 
think it was a, it was on a big Dickerson sack fly uh, that that got that what would be eventually the winning run. But then of course we followed up with four in the, in the seventh, which uh, Pato hit a two run homer in there as well. There was some really good base running in that situation uh, by Slade Wilkes to get in a position for uh, for Will to, to to drive him in. Of course, Danny had a sacrifice bunt in that in that. Uh, inning as well. So, and then Dalton Rogers, you know, pitched three innings, yeah. gave up no hits, no runs, walked one, and struck out two, and really, really threw well. Five Golden Eagles, a multi-game hit, including Montenegro, Wilkes, Lynch, Peto, Blake Johnson, two for four with two RBIs on Saturday. All right, let's go to Sunday. Uh, not Waldrop's best day at all, but how about your bullpen coming in? and shutting them out the rest of the way, only giving up three hits uh, the rest of the way. And, and as you talk about that, one of those guys, Garrett Ramsey, uh, as you talk about you know your, your pitching performance yesterday, kind of update us on Garrett also. Well, I hadn't seen him today. Of course, we took him uh, and x-rayed him after the game yesterday, and uh, there was no fracture, so that's really great news. But I, I actually saw – I think I saw his truck pull up as we were going on the air, so he's probably getting treatment back there right now. But I'm sure it's going to be pretty bruised. It was encouraging to watch him walk off the field on his own. I'd kind of sent a couple of guys out there to help him off. And, and I was kind of surprised when he walked off. After the game, I saw him on crutches, and I said, now, wait a minute. I saw you walk off the field. <laughs> well, you got crutches. He said, Coach, it's not mine. It's not my idea. Sin won't let me walk without him. So I said, I got you. I got you. So uh, hopefully he'll be fine, but I'm sure it's going to be a pretty nasty bruise. But I'll get updated. Uh, with that after we get off the air. Yesterday, um, like we mentioned, Waldrop just went three. Bullpen was uh, was was really, really good. And then let's talk about reshewing. He's patient all weekend, six walks through two games, and then yesterday two hits, including uh, you know that home run. He had three RBIs yesterday. He just breathed life, and, and in some ways, uh, you know, Sargent was seeing the ball better, uh, does something that's only been done, I think, 11 other times. He gets the hat trick, six home runs yesterday for your offense. Well, yep, you know, one, the biggest adjustment was is not swinging the pitches out of the zone. You know, when he's going good, he's, he's not getting himself out. And that was the message to him on Saturday after the the three strikeouts on Saturdays, you know, they don't get you out. You get yourself out by swinging out of the zone at pitches. And when he does that, you know, let's just take, for example, you're sitting there in a, in a one Oh count and they throw you a breaking ball. That's off the plate. You take it. Now you're sitting in a two Oh count. You know, you've locked yourself in, not necessarily for a guaranteed fastball situation, but you know, you're, you're, you're in that hitter's count. He doesn't want to risk going 3-0. But, but if you do chase that 1-0 count pitch, now it's 1-1. So, you know, that, that's that's a little chess game that happens with the hitters, and they have to be really patient. You know, when I used to used to coach hitters a bunch, I, you know, I used to say we give, we give pitchers way too much credit, man. They, you know, it's not them that's getting us out a lot of times. It's ourselves. So it was it was nice yesterday to watch our team only strike out one time and and even, you know, be on the recipient end of, of three walks. And uh, But but the big thing was is just not getting ourselves out. And as a result, we had 12 hits on the day and scored scored nine runs in that win. So Southern Miss improves to 20-7, and seven, taking two out of three from UTSA. You set your sights on Murfreesboro and the Blue Raiders. Uh, we've been looking at this one, I guess, Coach, since midseason, knowing that this was going to be what, what maybe at the beginning of the year, 
was like, okay, we can take care of that. I mean, Middle Tennessee has developed a phenomenal pitching staff. What's going to be the key on the road this weekend with uh, the regular season championship on the line? Well, I think, you know, you're right. They return all three of their pitchers that they had last year. Uh, one of them, uh, Wigington, just got pitcher of the week this year, this, this past week. Uh, he was recognized today as that. So they pitch pretty well. Uh, you know, their, their ERA is a little bit higher than ours. But, you know, I think with, with them also where they've improved, they've improved offensively. Uh, you know, uh, their, the, the reports that I'm getting from other league coaches is that they're they're pretty good offensively they're good on the mound you know we need to put the ball in play i think defensively they're fielding a 967 clip uh they have a chance to 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 boot that ball around a little bit and strikeouts aren't going to get you anything uh the pressure that you want to put on them outside of the catcher catching the ball and, and that's not much pressure but you know they're a good ball club they took a series on the road against auburn who i think's ranked fourth uh, fifth right now and they took two out of three from them earlier in the year and they're playing really good baseball uh, Luke I mean they're seven and three in their last ten uh, you know they're fourth in our league right now uh, in the standings as we go into the last week but they have a nice RPI they're 48 RPI and you know what's impressive is their non-conference strength of schedule sitting there at 19 and uh, which is really really strong and their, their overall strength of schedule is 52 so Certainly uh, an, an opportunity for us to not only secure a uh, Conference USA regular season crown, uh, but also to also enhance our RPI against a good RPI team on the road. About 30 seconds left. It is different this week. First game on Thursday, conference gives the teams extra extra uh, extra day for, uh, for, for tournament prep. What's going to be the plan uh, from today till Thursday? Well, took today off. Uh, we just, you know, we just need to give them off. We'll come back to work out tomorrow. Then we'll leave on Wednesday, probably about 10 a.m. and get up there uh, on Wednesday evening and practice at the at their field, and then get ready to to get after it on Thursday. Coach, we appreciate your time. Congrats on the series win. Get after them in Murfreesboro, and we'll talk to you next Monday. All right, Luke. Thank you as always. Scott Barry, head coach for Southern Miss Baseball. The Eagles improved to 38-14. and 14. We'll talk about the incomplete Conference USA picture or results from this weekend, what the Eagles have to do. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation going to join us on a Monday, and uh, as well as we'll, we'll look at some RPI and some national rankings. Coming up on the Eagle Hour, stick with us. Always appreciate Scott Berry's time joining us as he does every single Monday. Golden Eagles 38 and 14, 20 and 7 in Conference USA. And I appreciate Coach Berry joining us as they get ready to take on Middle Tennessee. It's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series uh, this week as the Conference USA tournament uh, starts at uh, Pete Taylor Park next week. And so they, Conference USA always gives the teams an extra day to prepare and, and for travel. Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. I'm Luke Johnson, Bob and Kelly off uh, for the next few days. Michael Mergen's producing in 
Hattiesburg, a third segment brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, home of the 995 Blue Plate Lunch. Always something going on over there, and we appreciate their support of the Eagle Hour. Heath Hinton joins us now uh, a day early from uh, Big Gold Nation. Heath, uh, appreciate your time. And, and let's just kind of walk through um, what this means right now. So over the course of the weekend, Southern Miss takes two out of three from UTSA. Middle Tennessee sweeps Rice. Old Dominion sweeps Marshall. FAU defeats Charlotte two out of three. Uh, FIU takes two out of three from UAB, which is really surprising. And then LaTeX sweeps Western Kentucky. So Heath Hinton, right now, if the Conference USA tournament were held, what would this bracket look like? It would be rather interesting. Uh, in the Southern Miss bracket, you would have Southern Miss, uh, UAB, um, I believe Charlotte, and um, oh my gosh, my mind's going blank. I think it's Middle, Middle Tennessee. Tennessee's that would be the four. Yeah, Middle Tennessee. And then on the other side, it would be Murder's Road because you'd have uh, LaTeX, Old Dominion, UTSA, and uh, oh, my mind's going blank. And FAU, one more yeah. There. That's what's, FAU, that's what's yeah. interesting about this standings. That Southern Miss is 20-7 and seven right now. LaTeX, 18-9, and nine, so Eagles have a two-game lead. Tech all alone. But when you start doing three to seven, everybody's piled up. UTSA, Middle Tennessee, seventeen and ten, and then Charlotte, Old Dominion, and FAU, sixteen and eleven. So in the bottom bracket, Tech would be the two, FAU would be the seven. Now these are based off who won which series. But how about UTSA and ODU as an opening game? That would be wild. And you think about this. That would think about this tournament that's coming to Pete Taylor Park. All the teams, really, that would be in the top eight or under 100 RPI, I would dare say it's probably the deepest conference tournament field we've had in quite some time, Luke. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Flobber knocker in the first round. I think Old Dominion is licking their chops at playing at Pete Taylor Park again. Yeah. But UTSA, the same thing. I was sitting there Friday, you know, out in the roost, and like every single one of them dudes was like 315, 320. They had, a, I think, a couple 340s. But uh, you know, and and when when the weather's right, I mean, the ball really flies at Pete Taylor. We could have an explosive conference USA tournament. Yeah, well, you got two teams that are just so different. You got UTSA, that what I call slap happy team. They just want to get uh, singles and move runners. They will hit home runs, but you know, the first game they didn't hit a home run. They hit nothing but singles and drove in runs. So uh, you got that in UTSA, and in ODU, you've got guys that have hit it four hundred and eighty foot. We've seen it. We've seen them putting the top of pine trees in right field. Uh, so it's uh, it's such a dichotomy of, of the way teams play and their offensive styles. Uh, you get a little bit of everything. It's going to be a fun weekend uh, at the peak for the tournament. There's no question about it. Got to uh, before that, you know, imaginary hypothetical bracket can uh, formalize. Got to play this weekend. Southern Miss going up on the road to Murfreesboro, and and this Middle Tennessee, Tennessee team, as Coach Barry said, they've taken a series from Auburn. They took a series from UTSA. They took a series, uh, or not not UTSA. They took a series from uh, from Charlotte, uh, which is one of the hottest teams right now. You look at what Tex got. Tex at Charlotte. So that's not a that that's not a, uh, a, a you know a lock by any stretch of the imagination. Eagles shouldn't need help, um, but what we're thinking is we want to win the conference. 
but you're, you're thinking, you know, slight possibility, you know, they, they can still host. What's going to be the keys on the road uh, in Murfreesboro as you listen to what Coach Barry said in the you know, last segment and, and you see what this team did this weekend? Pitching and putting the ball in play. I'm looking at it. Uh, Middle Tennessee has, has problems uh, fielding. I think it was somewhere in the 960 range of their fielding percentage. Got to put the ball on the ground. Got to put the ball in play. Put some pressure on them. Make them field it. And pitching has got to be better. I don't think we're going to get you know another. Uh, I think we're going to see much better pitching this weekend from Hall and Waltrip. Uh, Riggins has been what Riggins is. Uh, he's pretty much been solid even in his losses, uh, three three four runs. And I think this team's just got to keep hitting the bats, uh, keeping them going. And I think the most important. That in the lineup, reshewing, bringing him back is important. But I think Sargent, in my honest opinion, is what uh, gets this offense going. I really yeah, do. I Patrick think- yesterday, and, and it seemed as if, and you brought this to my attention also, it, it seems as if he wasn't you know, bailing out of the box as, as much as, as he had previous, maybe just trying to pull it so much. But uh, he, his, his front leg kind of stayed more, you know, in rhythm. He didn't bail out, and, and we saw what happened with that yesterday. He almost got four. <laughs> I mean, that that drive to center field, you know, in the bottom of the eighth, almost went yard again. Yeah, 80% of center fielders don't get to that ball in coverage. Just say that. They're, they had a really good center fielder that could run. But, yeah, and, and something else. If you noticed in the two games, Ewing had a lot of walks. They were pitching around Ewing to get to Sargent because they knew he was having problems swinging the bat. When you can't pitch around Ewing to get to Sargent, and Sargent's protecting him, we saw what Ewing did yesterday. He can hit it out. He can gap it. So that's why I say Sargent is such an important part of this, the middle of this offense. And then you got Slade Wilkes, who hits just a flat-out line drive shot out to a right center and messes up the treehouse and messes up the roof. I don't think they were upset about that. But, uh, you know, he just start, it's just the part that, the number four in that lineup is so important for Southern Miss because he can protect your Ewings. And when Slade Wilkes is hitting well, he protects uh, Sargent. It, it's just a – you saw what the offense could be yesterday when things are clicking right. And hopefully that was a light switch that turned on for him. So, Golden Eagles, now uh, as some updated rankings come out today, the most important one, they're at 20, the RPI, and – and part of the RPI change, and we'll probably talk more about that some tomorrow, but as far as the RPI, it's not just whether you win or lose. It's everybody around you that's winning and losing. But Southern Miss has gone from like 32 after Friday to 20 as of this morning. Top 25, D1 poll, they're 17. Baseball America, they're 18. Coaches poll, they are 16. I don't think Perfect Game has released um for for this week, but a little more aggressive. I asked Coach Barry, uh, you know, was that intentional? Uh, they ran the ball more. He just said no. It was kind of what what they gave him. Golden Eagles stole four four bases, I think, on on Saturday. Um, but you you to your point a little earlier, you look at they left they left twenty nine men on base. Did better on Sunday. Uh, when you're hitting home runs, you don't leave people on base. Seven on Sunday, but Friday and Saturday they left eleven men on base. Yeah, can't do that. And it was runners in scoring position that was uh, that was really hurting them. Uh, the two games, Ole Miss and then the Friday game, I think they were something like three for 19 or, or something like that with runners in scoring position. They weren't getting the timely hits, and you've got to do that to win games. And you saw it Saturday and Sunday when they had runners on. 
getting the deep flies, uh, not fouling out when you've got a runner on third with one out, getting the deep fly ball to uh, push the run in. Dickerson did that. It's just the little things that score a lot of points, and, and it's those things that make you a, from a good team to a great team. And the Southern Miss team has an opportunity to be really, really good. They just You can't waste opportunities, and they were doing that. About a minute and a half left in this segment. Don't have a lot of time to talk about it today because uh, we want to move on and talk about a, a, another exciting uh, announcement next segment. But, Heath, I want to get your comment on it because you're on once a week. Uh, several teams canceling midweeks this week to keep their RPI big, uh, including Texas State, TCU, um, Texas A&M. I'm not sure if Ole Miss – oh, yeah, Ole Miss actually has. Ole Miss has canceled their midweek against Arkansas State. Uh, these would all be games that would hurt their RPI, whether they won or they lost possibly. Um, I, I think it's bad. I, I think that you shouldn't be able to do it. And I think a point we both agree on, if you can cancel games, uh, then why can't you vacate wins earlier in the season that hurts your RPI? Uh, that's right. Uh, we were talking about it. I said, well, why not just go back and say, okay, if you can cancel games late in the season because you don't want to damage your RPI, which is what's happening, then you can go back and, and say, oh, there was a win. It should be a win, not a loss. But there was a win that we want to go back and, you know, not – you know, not not count because we beat a team with RPI of 200. Uh, you that hurts you. So you go back and take that, and you never know. Southern Miss may be 19 instead of 20 in RPI right now. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think if you're able to cancel games towards the end of the season, you ought to be able to go back and cancel a win, not a loss, but a win against a low RPI team. I think baseball should do that. That would make it fair if you're going to allow teams to cancel. Uh, it's it's just a Pandora's box. It, it's it's pretty pretty insane they're gonna to have to change this system where you get punished for wins you don't get punished for losses uh yeah. yeah it's 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 kind of messed up all right we're gonna pause he's gonna continue with us big announcement uh big accomplishment a finalist from southern miss for the ferris trophy award the best baseball player in mississippi we'll talk about the ferris trophy and track and field does really well at the conference usa championships last segment of the eagle hour coming up Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this Monday brought to you by D-Bat and D-1 Training in Hattiesburg. They're on Hardy Street. D-BatHattiesburg.com. Best shape of your life. Best instruction for your kids. It's all there. Softball and baseball at D-Bat and D-1 Training. Proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour, Luke Johnson and Michael Mergens, wrapping up this Monday from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Southern Miss track and field competed in the Conference USA Outdoor Championships, hosted by UTSA out in San Antonio, Texas. Over the weekend, it was four days, Thursday through Sunday. Women finished fourth, men finished seventh. But some some highlights, uh, the women, Trinity, Trinity uh, Flagler, Kanaya Seals, Sevilla Varnell and Trinity Benson finished first in the 4x100. Seals also finished 
Uh, second in the 200 meter and third in the 100 meter. McQuasha Myers finished third in the long jump. Sandra Spot finished third in the 1500 meters. Olivia Warzinvac finished five or finished second in the 5000 meters and fourth in the 10,000 meters. On the men's side, Fred Mudani just continues his impressive season. First in the shot putt. Landon Chowden finished second in the 400-meter hurdles. Elijah Miller finished third in the 100 meters, and the 4x400-meter team finished third. We will uh, have Coach Stewart on because uh, coming up fairly uh, fairly quick, maybe later this week, because the NCAAs are coming up, and uh, we will get an update from him as track and field wraps up. Southern Miss head football coach Will Hall will be inducted into the North Alabama Hall of Fame. Coming up, of course, uh, Coach Hall, in his second season as the head football coach at Southern Miss, he was at North Alabama from 2002 to 2003 and won the NCAA Division II Harlan Hill Trophy, which is basically like the D2 Heisman. He was an All-American, so congratulations to Coach Hall for doing that. Heath Hinton continues with us, and uh, Heath Ferris Trophy Award winners announced today. Uh, they'll award the uh, the trophy next Monday, May 23rd. Unlike last year, where the complete field was dominated by Ole Miss and Mississippi State, Southern Miss pitcher Tanner Hall, the Southern Miss finalist, Tim Elko from Ole Miss, R.J. Yeager from Mississippi State, Harrison Haley from Delta State, and Brett Sanchez from Bellhaven. All right, Heath, uh, first and foremost, I think Tanner Hall is the dude for Southern Miss. Um, and I, I'm, I'm looking at this, uh, I think it's him and Elko. I, I do as well. I, I do as well. Look, what Tanner Hall did this year, he didn't even start off as a weekend starter. Think about that. He started off as a midweek starter bullpen guy, moved in to become your ace on the weekend because of the way he pitched, and is 7-2 and two with a 2.6 ERA in 16 appearances. That's pretty impressive. And uh, it's going to be hard to beat that. Uh, Tim Elko, of course, what, what he's done at Ole Miss is pretty impressive. Uh, I think it's between those two, to be honest with you, for the uh, – I, I really do. I think it's between those two for the Ferris Award. The Sanchez kid at Bellhaven, he's got a 201 ERA. I think he struck out like 84 and 85 innings. Couldn't find uh, the stats on the Delta State kid, uh, Haley, I believe. I think he's a, I think he's a pitcher. Uh, yeah, Harrison Haley, here he is. He is uh, 10-1 and one with a 3.84 ERA. He struck out 68 and 91 innings, so not a strikeout pitcher. Jaeger from uh, State, I think he's batting around 315 with 17 home runs. Elko right at 300. Elko's got 19 home runs and 60 RBIs. Tanner Hall um, could cement you know, his Ferris Trophy uh, Thursday night with an impressive performance. And it's only been, Heath, uh, you know, the last couple of games, it's only been, you know, a, a couple big swings here and there that have really got him into trouble. He, he kind of labored a little bit against UTSA, and I think, like as you said, that UTSA offense over the weekend was kind of like death by a thousand cuts. Well, you know, we, we were talking during the game, uh, texting, I said his pitches were up. And, and Hall, when his pitches are up, He's going to get hit. He's got to keep that sinker down, that change up down, and uh, that kind of slider, whatever he, he's throwing there, curveball slider. That has to stay down. When he's up, he gets hit. But when his stuff is down, he'll strike out 13, 14, 15 in a game because that change up is so hard to hit. I think he's averaging right around 10 strikeouts a game. I mean, just what he's done this year has been impressive. Um, yeah, he's. He's the anchor of this team. I think you're going to see a lot better performance from him. And he seems to thrive on the road, too. He really does. 117 strikeouts 
only 10 walks in 83 innings. That's, that's incredible. It's uh, pretty pretty impressive. That's incredible. That, that would be probably the statistic that will win it for him. Heath, man, we appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for joining us and uh, moving it up a day early. Have a great week, bud. Hey, you too, buddy. Thanks. God bless, bud. See Heath Hinton of Big Gold Nation. You can uh, subscribe southernmiss.rivals.com uh, and subscribe, be an insider of Big Gold Nation. We appreciate Heath. All right, big big uh, week on the Eagle Hour. Jay Ladner tomorrow uh, on as the Golden Eagles get more transfers in for uh, the 2022-2023 squad. Uh, we're hoping to talk either tomorrow or Wednesday from someone from Middle Tennessee uh, to preview the, the Blue Raiders team. Brand-new volleyball coach Jenny Hazelwood will join us on Wednesday. And, of course, Patrick McGee will join us uh, on Wednesday as well as uh, we talk a, a little New Orleans Saints stuff. But Golden Eagles, just a couple games away from clinching a Conference USA regular season championship. That's going to wrap it up for us today. We will catch you tomorrow. Michael Mergens with an excellent job producing. We'll see you at 1 o'clock tomorrow. And, as always, Southern Miss to the top. Into the future Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping Into the future Talk Mississippi Media Production.